Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Fanu Ipe. Hi, Pastor Fanu. How are you? Hi, Emily. I'm doing great and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, we have a guest on our show today. We're going to get into um, speaking with him shortly, but this is just a reminder to all our listeners that the purpose of this podcast is to help them connect with God's mission for their life and to help others connect to their mission as well. You know, Emily, one of the things I love about uh, this podcast that we're doing, and we've had you know hundreds of people that have been listening so far to the podcast in the last few months, uh, is that we get to hear some inspirational stories, some incredible people who are really just ordinary people that seem to be able to connect with God's mission and God's uh, vision, if you will, for their life. And when they surrender, uh, it's just amazing to see what God does. And I think that's the, the cool thing about uh, doing this podcast is the stories that we hear and the uh, inspiration. I mean, people don't even realize sometimes I'm so inspired. In fact, I go back and listen to some of our podcasts once it's actually out on iTunes because I'm like, that is such an incredible story of God's grace and God's provision and God's plan for this person's life. And even though before, you know, this is the cool thing about following God is once you follow God and you obey God and you're in God's path and his mission, things, you know, you seem almost, you know, um, superhuman, you know, above everybody else, like somehow everything you touch works. And yet you take the same person and you look at them before they encounter God's mission and just like everybody else. So it's incredible how obedience to God's will and following his uh, leading in our lives uh, can cause such a big difference and how God can make our lives meaningful and purposeful. Mm-hmm. And it's that hope, you know, that comes into our life and into the and overflows into other people just by um, living out what God's called you to do. And I think because everyone, and this is why I'm, I'm looking at the downloads every month, we're like doubling in our downloads. And I think it's part of it is that people um, want to see others who are doing it so that they can say, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. If God can use him, why can't God use me? And I think that's the power of uh, power of sharing these stories is that it can inspire others to also take those steps of faith. Mm-hmm. I think when we come to faith in Christ, you know, one of the hardest things is to move out of our past and the things that kind of, you know, that shame or guilt that maybe we held on to. And so this gives, um, you know, that encouragement to people to say that your past is your past, but here you can begin to move forward in what God's called you to do and in faith in Christ. So that's exactly the type of story that our guest here um, uh, brings to the table today. His name is Jason Prasad. He's the associate pastor at a church in Brampton. Um, He just moved on from being the Brampton ministry developer for Youth Unlimited and Youth for Christ. So we're going to hear about his story today and how, um, you know, he quit his full-time job to become a local missionary here in the GTA. He was raising a young family, relying on support and really just on God's direction for his life. So we're going to bring him on in. Welcome to the show, Jason Prasad. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Jason, we are so excited to have you on. You know, so just so everyone knows, Jason and I have been friends now for a few years. I remember when for, when Jason first came to Brampton to do the whole uh, Youth Unlimited ministry and be the Brampton developer, we met for breakfast. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. Wimpy's on uh, <laughs> Highway 10 in Beauvais. I'll yes. never forget that. And uh, I remember your story of how you moved from uh, New Brunswick, I think it was at that point, and uh, just the step of faith that that you and Carrie and the, and the kids really took to 
be here and to follow God's direction for your life. So I'm just so thankful for your friendship and uh, for the partnership we have in ministry. And I'm so excited, Jason, to have you on the uh, podcast today. Yeah, thank you. It's exciting to be here. I'm uh, pumped up. Awesome. (laughs) It's great. So why don't you give us a bit of background about how you came to know the Lord? You know, uh, my story really starts with my family and my parents. Uh, my mom was raised, uh, born and raised in Germany. Uh, my grandfather, uh, actually very interesting, as a not, was a Nazi soldier in World War II. So she grew up in a home uh, where atheistic values and uh, some prejudice and racial things as well were uh, part of the value system that she was raised in. Uh, my dad was born in Guyana. And uh, was raised uh, with Hindu roots, uh, but uh, to get a good education, the parents sent him to a Catholic school. So a very interesting dynamic when they met here in Canada uh, through a mutual friend, and then eventually uh, had my brother, and then I'm second out of five. And um, yeah, and then um, my dad worked on the line at General Motors in Scarborough when they had a plant, and there was a guy there that... uh, uh, invited him to church all the time. And to get uh, the guy off my dad's back, my dad finally agreed to go to church and ended up giving his heart to Christ. And uh, my parents were quite the partiers. Uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, booze flowed, uh, drugs, uh, you know. And that's the environment that I grew up in. And uh, it was eight, and a, you know, I was about eight and a half when I saw my dad's life completely transformed, the fighting in the house stopped, the alcohol went in the garbage bin, the drugs went in the garbage, and uh, his life was radically changed. It was an instantaneous a transformation in his life. And, uh, you know, we had gone to church a few times, the Catholic church growing up as kids, and we're a part of a Saturday program in our neighborhood because a few doors down we lived next uh, to a, a pastor. But it really never connected. And, uh, but seeing the transformation in my dad's life really began to connect the dots. And I'll never forget the moment that I gave my heart to Christ. I was nine and a half years old, and my mom had just given her heart to Christ a couple months before. And we were driving down the road. I can tell you, it was in Scarborough and Birchmount and Finch area by Brimley Woods, for those that listen uh, from the Scarborough area. And I remember asking my mom the question, is heaven and hell really real? Uh, and uh, just processing you know, the different things I'd heard in Sunday school and in church. And I said to my mom, this Sunday night, when the pastor gives the invitation uh, for salvation, I want to accept Jesus. Now, she was newly a new Christian and didn't realize that she could have prayed with me right in the car or Sunday morning when we went to church. But but my point of connection was Sunday night that I wanted to get saved. And I'll never forget walking down the aisle and uh, my, my senior pastor led me in the sinner's prayer. And that's where I gave my heart to Christ. That's that's incredible. Uh, yeah. You know, I think a, a part of your story that I didn't even realize now uh, with your dad and the transformation that happened in his life and how that had such an impact on your life. And I think that's such a key is you never know the people around you that are watching you and see the change in your life and and what that, you know, um, what that does, you know, in their heart. So as a as what, 80-year-old, you're watching your dad, and I'm not even sure if he was fully, um, he, he fully recognized what this was doing in your heart, right, at that age, but obviously you noticed, uh, even though you were only eight years old, and so I think that's that's powerful, I think that's what the gospel's all about, right, it's about God changing one person's life and people around them noticing that, and then 
being inspired to say, wow, I think I want what he has as well. So what a great uh, legacy for your dad in that sense that through his salvation and his life change, uh, here you are today and you're in ministry. How did your dad uh, respond to you uh, getting saved and, and, uh, and connecting with God's mission? How did that, how was that at home? Do you know, I remember it being an exciting moment for him. I I can't remember when my older brother gave his heart to Christ, but I do, you know, uh, you know, account. There was just great joy, you know, being able to come home and saying, Dad, I gave my heart to the Lord tonight. And, uh, uh, you know, he was still new as a Christian, maybe a year old. And so he was excited. Uh, but today, looking back through the years, the change in his life, like all my siblings are serving Christ today, you know, brings tears to his eyes today and thankfulness that the decision that he made to go to church just to get someone off his back brought such tremendous change, not only in him, but our entire family and extended family, because we've had extended family that have given their heart to Christ as, as a result of the change they saw in him back then as well. So wow. yeah, the great joy, I tell you. So when one person connects to God's mission for their life and follows God, uh, the ripple effects are incredible yeah. of what God does. Yeah, and I can't say life was perfect after that. Sure, There's always issues and things that you work through, but when God's in the middle of it, He gives you the strength and the wisdom and grace to walk through all that stuff. So Jason, tell us now, so you obviously, um, you're saved now, you're about eight, nine years old. When was the point that you connected with God's mission for your life? In fact, when was the point that you figured that God has a mission, that God has a purpose for our lives, that there could be something greater that we're called to do uh, with our lives, our talents, our abilities, our experiences, all of that? How, when was that moment when you realized there could be something God wanted you to do? And then how did you transition into God's mission for your life? Do you know that's a such a great question because when I look back over my life and and, and we were sort of joking before the podcast started that uh, you know I'm I'm you know I'm short you know and I was always the last picked on the team uh, you know was never chosen first you know all the girls that I liked just thought I was a great friend and cute and funny and you know uh, you know for those that might be a little bit younger you can feel the pain uh, here you know growing up as a young man and uh, you know never really felt I had anything to offer I had a bad stuttering problem uh, just after grade eight into grade nine so I was always afraid to get in front of people and and to and to speak and uh, there was such fear what could I really offer people right and I'll never forget, there was a youth pastor in my life. We had relocated from Scarborough out to the East End, the Ajax Pickering area. And uh, this youth pastor uh, just began to pour into my life and uh, just to begin to believe in me. And I'll never forget uh, him saying to me, uh, you know, you have leadership ability and qualities in you. And I'll never forget that first conversation because I was like internally going like, what? Like, this guy's crazy. I can't even hardly get a full sentence out without stuttering, and he thinks that God's called me to be a leader? No way. And in the process, he invited me to be part of the youth executive team and in the youth group, and I just sort of sat and began to grow and learn as a leader, and then eventually I became the youth president with, within a year. And uh, so that was really my first, uh, you know, you know, uh, experience of being in a, in a leadership position. And then eventually, uh, a year and a half, within a year and a half time period, I was at a camp, and I was listening to a, this missionary businessman that was speaking, 
by the name of Dan Statham, powerful message, and he invited people to come up to the front at the end uh, for an altar call on if you felt you were called to ministry. And I never gave a thought. I wanted to be a police officer. I thought, hey, I'd love to help people and care for them, but never thought I could invest spiritually into people. And I began to weep just uncontrollably. I you know, I still remember this moment. It was like I physically felt the hand of God pressing on my back, my shoulder area, and people thought there was something wrong with me. And uh, so finally some uh, adult leaders brought me to the back prayer room and just began to pray with me. And what's wrong? What's going on? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. And I heard a small, a small, a small still voice, just God speaking to my heart and just saying, I've called you into ministry. And from that point, I knew that I was supposed to go to Bible college. I can't say that I had all the answers. And then I went and spoke with my youth pastor and my senior pastor and shared the good news. And they were part of that journey to go into Bible college and into full-time ministry. Wow. I, I think that's amazing. And part of the reason is, you know, I find, um, I don't know if you find this, Emily, but I find today we have fewer and fewer young people that are willing to make that decision, that commitment that you made, and actually willing to follow through um, with that decision. So, you know, when we talk about the mission of God, we don't mean just ministry, right? We mean, obviously, uh, it could be um, business, it could be media, it could be education, it could be a whole, you know, variety of different fields, uh, because God can use us anywhere. But I do believe there is a call to ministry as well. And I find that Fewer and fewer young people today are actually stepping into uh, full-time vocational ministry. And, uh, you know, I work with a lot of churches, obviously, as a, as a ministry we do. And I know so many churches that are looking for young people that are in ministry to hire them in an associate position or a youth pastor position, etc. And they're having a hard time. So, Jason, break it down a little bit for us. What does that, well, first of all, what was that decision like to actually go into Bible college? So here you have a career goal in the secular to be a police officer. You know, not not the easiest of careers to be in. Uh, but I guess at, at a certain uh, level, at a certain time in that career, you're going to find stability, um, you know, financially. Um, you know, if you retire in the police service, I mean, that's pretty good. So there's some positives to that from a from a natural perspective, right? Whereas ministry, there's a lot of unknowns. There's no guarantees. You know, you're sort of walking into this thing, totally trusting God that he knows what he's called you to do and that you're sort of going to discover this as you go along. But what was that process like going into ministry? What were the voices around you? What were they saying to you? Were they encouraging? Were there negative voices? Uh, were there thoughts in your own mind? You're like, Jason, do you really want to go down this path? How did you navigate through that? Um, I feel like I had a great support system around me. I had people encourage me that uh, even taking the step of faith to go to Bible college, you would never lose. You would only grow stronger in your relationship with God. So many schools offer one-year certificates and programs. So in my mind initially, it was, if I go for a year, and I went to school in the States, so I relocated nine, ten hours away from home to go— that I wouldn't lose out in any way, that I would only find greater purpose and get closer to God, and I wouldn't lose. And But I discovered in the process in my first semester that I knew I was supposed to be in school beyond my first year. So I knew at that point with encouragement from pastors and even friends around me, but even through my own personal time with God, because Bible school is a great opportunity to be completely focused on God and really just uh, zero in on what He has for our lives. And 
as I spent time in prayer and as I spent time just absorbing God's word in my life, I just had a greater reassurance that this is what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to be. Wow. And and what happened right after Bible school? Where did you... Well, that's the interesting story, Pastor Fanu, because when I graduated Bible college, I came back to Canada, and I had three offers sitting on the table for me to go into full-time ministry, and God said no to all three. He said, go back to the place that you've been working, that I had worked at as a teenager and as a young adult in a grocery store, and God kept me there. Now, I traveled itinerantly for the first three years as well. And then eventually I transitioned to, into a part-time role with a small Korean church. And you need to understand is I had positions available where I could have youth pastored 70 to 150 kids offered to me. And God tells me to go to a little Korean church, not even from my own denomination, and pastor 10 kids. And I was on it. 10 kids. 10 kids. Wow. 10 kids. And I was on this journey from when I graduated in 95 until 2008 four, five, ten years after graduating, where God shut the door and said no to every full-time ministry opportunity, and I worked in the secular field doing marketplace ministry and worked my way up through management, became a district manager for a national company, and uh, when at some point when I began to see some great success as a district manager, they were about to promote me as their national director of training for all of North America. you know, very interesting story. My boss actually hijacked my promotion because I did I did a presentation for all for the CEO, the vice presidents, the presidents, and when I went through my exit interview and resigned, they said, "So whatever happened to, uh, you know, you wanting to move into this role?" And I said, "Well, you know, my my boss told me that you were no longer interested." And the vice president of operations said, "Well, she told us that you weren't interested." And I realized, we realized at that moment that an opportunity was sabotaged, but I believe it was God designed. Because sometimes we look at the grandness of our opportunity and we can miss God's calling in our life. And I moved directly into uh, full-time ministry at at a church there, uh, you know, at that time. But I look back and I go, would I have listened and answered the call? Because now I thought, well, I had arrived at doing something big. And I missed it, but I spent 10 years in marketplace ministry. And then when we moved out to New Brunswick, we had resigned for a ministry position here. And I was working with another national company out there, not expecting to come back to Brampton and to uh, be in the role I was with Youth for Christ. So it was a little bit of a journey, but I believe it was character development. And sometimes we you know, are wondering or have a sense of call to ministry, but I believe that we can be just as effective in the marketplace and find our place of calling there than vocational ministry. And many people look at, well, I'm not going to get paid in full-time ministry, you know, the way I would as a secular job. And some people don't take take that step of faith. Well, you know, I realized, and let me just say this, you know, to your uh, question, when we lived in New Brunswick and Youth for Christ came knocking on our door to come back to Brampton, God spoke to my wife and I. We wait, When we had initially been given the offer to come, we didn't pray about it because I thought there was no way. We've been here for six months. I have a great job. We were involved in our church and our pastors were looking to retire and had talked to us about potentially taking over down the road in 10 years. Everything was handed to us. We were close to family and God spoke to us in the process when we finally did pray and said, you can stay and I'll bless you, and you'll be comfortable, but you'll never be fulfilled. So what moved us to come back to Brampton was a sense of purpose and calling, knowing, number one, that our assignment was not done in Brampton, because we were on staff at another church before we moved, and number two, 
that we would never be satisfied or completely fulfilled. We might be blessed in the ministry out in New Brunswick, but we would never be fulfilled. And that's what caused us to come back, knowing that God had a greater call here. You know, that's incredible in terms when we are to all our listeners out there, you know, a lot of times the reason why we don't fully connect is because we, you know, we have gotten into a career or we have family started. And so we're just kind of cruising along in life. And that's where, you know, God really meets us in those moments, I think, and goes, are you willing to step out in faith? Are you willing to move from your comfort zone? Because it's true, you know, God will bless us. God, you know, we saw it with the Israelites. They would, you know, they were kind of going about their own way and God would provide things for them. And then, you know, but you saw the full um, blessing that God had for them in their obedience. And, you know, so sometimes that's where God takes us to a place where we have no choice but to step out, a place where we have to obey um, because he wants to see our faithfulness. You know, Emily, I was just going to say one of the things that I think just struck out of everything we've talked about right now, Jason, when you just said God gave you that option, you know, I think that's powerful for two reasons. Number one, the people know there is an option. I mean, you can still love God and not choose to fulfill your specific purpose that God's called you to do. Right? Like you have free will. You can choose to do that. You can choose to play it safe. You can choose to. But you said the second thing is that God's you know, inspiration or the way God pulled you into the mission was to say, listen, you'll never fully uh, be fulfilled in your life if you don't take this opportunity that I'm opening up because this is what I've called you to do. So tell us, talk to us for a moment because I'm sure there are people listening that have done the opposite of what you did. They played it safe. They're like, it's only been six months. I've got a young family. Like, I don't think this is the time. Let's just push this off for the future. And the window of opportunity is not gone yet. They could still make that transition. How would you, now it's been, what, almost 10 years or more, more, more than seven years, uh, where, uh, you know, that you've you've been on this journey now. So it's not just, you know, we're not just talking to you at that moment in New Brunswick. We're talking to you seven years later. Tell me, Jason, how does it feel to be fulfilled? Are you fulfilled? How does it feel to be fulfilled? And do you have regrets? And if you don't, what would you speak? What would you say to that person, the Jason, back when you were making that decision, the one who didn't even want to pray about this thing because it was like ridiculous, like really, I'm going to do this, go all the way back to where I just came from. What would you say to that person uh, to encourage them to say, listen, it's worth taking that step in obeying God? You know, there's no regrets. Every step every moment. And there's been very difficult moments over the last seven years for us. Like raising support and asking people to support you in ministry is not an easy thing. Uh, you know, especially, you know, people trying to grasp the concept of being a missionary in Canada. Like we don't need missionaries here. We send them outside of Canada. And uh, just walking through that process, but knowing on the inside and having a great peace that this is what I'm supposed to do, regardless of the challenges. And you need to understand, when we came back, um, I was working uh, not only with Staples, I mean, with, with Youth for Christ, I got a part-time job at Staples. Um, I started doing weddings on the side and whatever I could do to supplement income uh, so that I could do what God's called me to do. There were many long days and long hours to do it. 
And seven years later, I tell you, there's such great joy. And I look back and, and I say, Lord, thank you for helping us to make the right decision and do that. But looking back and saying to people uh, that might be in this position now or even made an opposite decision that uh, you might have got off course and you know you're off course, I don't think it's ever too late, you know, to ask God to forgive you for making a decision in your own strength and not trusting him and uh, asking God and maybe some spiritual advisors that you trust around you on how to get back on course so that you could fulfill what God has called you to do. And I think there's many people today that live with a sense of regret and a lack of peace in their life. And maybe you've missed a boat. Maybe it's 20 or 30 years and you're like, oh man, that boat has sailed. Still get people around you and ask God for wisdom so that you could begin to fulfill the latter things in your life. But well, what advice would you give them, though, to say, hey, let me tell you um, why it's worth it? Why is it worth it? Why is it worth making that decision to sacrifice, to give things up, to go by faith, to follow God? Why is it worth it from your experience? You know, I think it depends on how you view your life on earth. When we really think about it, we're only here for a short time on earth. And we can live for our own desires and our, and our own passions and material things. But my wife and I have personally come to a, a decision that we want to le- live with eternal purpose, that we want to make our lives count. And one of the things that drives us to make our lives count is I have two children. I have a nine-year-old daughter and a, and a six-year-old son. And we want to invest a legacy in them that life is short and the decisions we make here determine our happiness here on earth, but our, you know, but even eternity, if we've really fulfilled what God is destined for us here. So really it's to build a legacy in our children and their children. And, uh, but as well, there's no greater place to be fulfilled and happy in what you're doing I know people that make hundreds of thousands of dollars, but their lives are a mess and they have all the toys and all the things. I have family, extended family, and many friends. I have some very wealthy friends and they're not happy. Their lives are a mess. Now, some people that have put God in the center and are living where God's placed them to be, that's that's fine. But for us, it wasn't our call. My, my wife was an engineer had a full scholarship to university and graduated and was working with a major company at the age of 22 years old, overseeing $500 million of projects for the company she was working with and was on a career path to be a very wealthy businesswoman and myself. And we gave that up because you know something, it wasn't fulfilling. And her, you know, and her story is, maybe you need to bring her sometime to hear her yeah, story. Yeah, I was just thinking we should get her you know, on this podcast. Her family, you know, had a very difficult time as well, just with her leaving her full-time job and going to work for a church plant. You know, her dad had said to her, your tithe could pay for somebody to do this job. But when we look at eternal purpose for our lives and fulfillment, we've, you know, it all comes down to where our, our relationship with God is as well right. and what satisfies us. And we want to live a life that honors and pleases him, but not only makes a difference in our children's lives, but in every person that he brings our way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been blessed to be able to work with Jason um, over the years through church, through the ministry here and the lives that we've seen 
touched and impacted through his ministry. That alone shows you that, you know, when you're, you know, we talk about fulfilling our mission for God, but helping others. And, you know, I think if Jason had stayed where he was, where would these people be? Where would the youth be that you've reached out to? Where would, you know, the people who have been impacted by his ministry here be if he hadn't stepped out in faith? No, absolutely. That's just incredible. Jason, we've got just a couple of minutes. Um, tell us just briefly, how are you helping others um, discover and fulfill God's mission for their lives today in your current role now as an associate pastor at your uh, church, at your local church? By the way, the church is um, Bramley Christian Fellowship here in uh, Brampton. It's bcfcchurch.net. Is that right? bcfchurch.net. Oh, bcfchurch.net. Yes. Yes. One of the things I do, uh, I'm still involved heavily with our youth and young adults, even in my role. And I specifically say to our older high school students and our young adults and adults that I interact with is, how can I join my faith with you? What, are the, what do you believe God has placed inside of you and how can we partner together to see the fruit of what God's placed in you grow? And, uh, you know, just a quick example, one of our students, uh, I knew he was called to ministry uh, you know, his family was new immigrants to the country and wanted him to get a good job, go to university and do well. And there was a lot of pressure. And uh, I sent him away a year ago to my former Bible college to get away for a weekend to pray and figure out what God wanted to do with his life. And in the process, found out he was called to ministry. We had a great sense he was called. You could see the gifts, the hand of God on his life. I was just talking to him yesterday and he said he's in his first year of Bible college and is he says, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. So I think we join our faith with people. We believe in the call of God in their life. And we just help navigate people, process uh, what they sense God doing in them. We can't make their decisions, but we help them process what they sense God doing. Wow. Well, this is amazing. Uh, Jason, uh, I think your story and your life and the decisions uh, you and uh your wife, Carrie, have made, um, have obviously uh, borne so much fruit for the kingdom and impacted so many lives. And uh, we are so thankful for you and your ministry and what God is uh, uh, doing through your lives. And this is just the beginning. I mean, uh, what are you in your tw- mid-20s now? You still got <laughs> lots, lot. I'm just kidding. Uh, you got lo- a long way to go and a lot to do. And uh, we're so excited uh, mm-hmm. to track with you and to journey with you. Uh, in ministry and to see all the impact that you will continue to make for the kingdom. Yes, thank you for being on our show today. Yes, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and we believe in you guys and pray and support what God's doing through Passion to Reach. Thank you. You know, Pastor Fanu, one of the things as Jason was talking and stuff, it's, you know, I've seen him speak in front of people. I've seen him do presentations and to think, you know, that he struggled with a stutter when he was younger and just with that ability of, am I good enough? And, you know, and then a youth leader, youth pastor comes in and just really loves on him. And now he's doing that with other with other youth and young adults. And so we see how God calls us at the beginning. God knew the end from the beginning. And so he saw Jason in front of crowds. He saw Jason in front of people. And, you know, he gave him the strength to overcome that and put people in his lives that would encourage and empower him. And that's what we're talking about. And you know what, I, I, I think it just encouraged my heart so much to hear him talk about how he connected with God's mission. Um, even though he went through these obstacles, like you were 
talking about the stuttering and you know uh, and, and things of that nature. But uh, he persevered, and even as a family, you know, sometimes we think you know connecting with God's mission and the obstacles are negative. Sometimes they're positive. Sometimes they're very positive. Sometimes they are the opportunities in the natural that you have to say no to in order to follow God, and that can be an obstacle. It's almost uh, counterintuitive to say that, but it's true. Our opportunities sometimes can become obstacles in what God wants us to do because we choose those uh, opportunities more than the God opportunities that he's placed before us. So, you know, my encouragement to all of uh, our listeners is uh, no matter what uh, is happening around you, negative or positive, uh, I encourage you to do what Jason did. Uh, Ask yourself, what will I be fulfilled doing. When I look at the end of my life, I think it was a powerful statement that Jason made about how our life is so short. At the end of my life, when I look back, what will bring me the most fulfillment? What decision will cause me to say, you know what? I lived a great life that's made an impact uh, in so many lives, and I'm glad I made the decisions I made. So that's our encouragement to you. Uh, And uh, thank you again, everybody, for joining us on this week's Mission Connect podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.